it outside. I did. Took Jasper for a nice long walk. So that was about it. I was outside for 20 minutes, but <laughs> still better than nothing. Do they have a nice neighborhood you guys can walk around in or what? Yeah, yeah. Um, so plenty of room to walk around to the next couple of days. I think tomorrow is going to be 50s and Thursday, Friday is going to be mid 60s. So I saw I that. Might just not, not even work the rest of the week. I'm just going to go lay out in the sun. Open those butt cheeks and get some sun. Oh my God, do I need some? <laughs> That's the best idea I ever heard. I forgot about sunning. <laughs> How was the weekend? It was good. It's um, tasty. Yeah, we yeah, what'd you guys have? Food. I, I don't think we, I, we did. We ever send you a picture of the spread? No, I don't think so. I'll, uh, a, I'll, I'll text it to you. Couple racks of ribs and how many pounds of chicken wings? Like seven pounds of, of wings. It was like the Hooters, Hooters style wings too, like the wing Ooh, and nice. everything. Just yeah, it was it was good. Yeah, so we did that. We made all the fixings. We had mac and cheese, potato salad, mac salad, regular salad, cornbread, asparagus, well, cucumber salad. Um, yeah, we ate a lot. It was good though. It was good. That's my first experience making ribs, and they came out pretty damn good for a rookie. Yeah, they, they tasted great when I heated them up the next day, too. Yeah, I've literally been eating leftovers up until today. I finally finished the potato salad and the regular salad. Eating like a king. I um, feel like a fat piece of shit. Did you guys party, too, or what? Or are you too full? Yeah, we drank a, drank a good amount. We didn't, we didn't eat till later. We ate at probably like 6, and everybody was up here by like 2. Um, so we drank a good amount. Drinking some good double IPAs and then some Manhattans at night. Mohattans. Mohattans, as Adam coined them. Did Tommy end up joining? Yeah, of course he went home at like nine, but he at least hung around until then. Still, uh, Steve didn't stay either, right? It looked like because yeah. I was on the wrong text thread. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we, both, <laughs> we both kept texting the wrong text thread. Um, Did you have enough dip- uh, dippers or diapers to stay, Adam? Oh, I stayed. Oh, I wasn't leaving. I was going to say, I, I, Jared would have lost his mind if nobody stayed over. <laughs> yeah, I, I did not plan on uh, going anywhere. I was very yeah, you comfortable guys are staying. Smart. Screw a two-hour drive home at Fuck that. 10 p.m. after drinking all day. Yeah. yeah. No, Fuck thank you. Can you see a picture of my ribs, Ty? No, hold on. Give me the uh, instant review. Oh, yeah, dude. That was a bomb. They came out so good. Definitely a labor of love because like you were constantly having to do like it was a pain in the ass. Yeah, yeah. I mean, pri- you know, the, the day before had the dry rub on it, and then Did you, you do it constantly... on a smoker. Yeah, yeah, sweet. So they took six hours on the smoker. Yeah, I mean, I've done ribs in the oven and they've turned out good. So I mean, I'm sure those are just a fucking next level. They're pretty wings good. look good too. Just fall off the bone. I'm jealous. Yes. So weekend was good. How about you? How what did uh, you and any boy you get into um a lot of eating and drinking um we went down to uh like downtown friday night um went to like this bomb ass downtown dallas or downtown frisco downtown dallas oh nice yeah um super uh good mexican spot that i had never been to but erica had um that was that was good. We enjoyed that and kind of walked around the strip and went to uh, another bar before we went home. His Dan was uh, pulling like an all-nighter. 
because he works the night shift. So he went like pretty much right from work, got on the plane, came in. So he was a he I was forget a he works night shift, dude. F that. Yeah, he was a trooper. And then uh Saturday went down to uh Dealey Plaza. Check that out. That's like the cowboy area? No, that's where JFK got shot. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> They they were both into that stuff. They they're like history nerds, so they they enjoyed it. Sure. Um, and then uh, went out for for lunch, and then went to actually went to a comedy show at night, and then uh, grabbed dinner in downtown McKinney. So it was good. Good McKinney, that's where you are. I don't know why I said Frisco. Frisco is where you were before, right? Yeah, that's where we were rented before. Oh, okay. Yep. Nice. No pizza. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that was my next question. No, no. I mean, I think I had texted you guys at some point. Like he was very, very well behaved. I don't think he he got pretty drunk Saturday night. Uh, I don't. He wasn't drunk enough Friday night to have gotten crazy, but he uh, kept it very much under control. That's, we we were having, we were fucking just dying. Him and I, because I once I got him drunk enough, we were just making fun of Nick Balkan. <laughs> we, all we had to do is pull up some old pictures, and I mean, we were on the floor laughing. So fucking Balkan. Yeah, it was good. Did his, his uh, uh, mask sack get any any comments? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean that is just quintessential, Dan. I've never even seen that before. That, that was that was a first I, for I me. I saw Adam watching that video and laughing at it probably six more times that weekend. It's so just funny. Sitting on the couch, cracking himself up. <laughs> Everything about him just makes me laugh. All of his like random, his faces, unwarranted yeah. texts that I just get randomly oh, about. It's. I said I was like, you do know people think like you have a legitimate like mental problem, right? And he just starts fucking laughing. He's like, <laughs> Yeah, I know. He does it uh, to like everyone, dude. He does it to like his girlfriend's like family and friends. Just like, dude, unsolicited texts. Fucking yeah. Oh my that god. That make no sense. If you were to just read them with no context, you'd say this person is sitting in an insane asylum and needs remember, help immediately. <laughs> yeah. I remember like a couple weeks, like a couple weeks after your wedding tie, I was still getting texts because he was texting me while we were at the wedding together. And then he kept like one of the, he sent me like a YouTube video, I think of like the battle hymn of the Republic, which I think was his, his ringtone for his phone <laughs> among other things. But like it had, it lasted a few weeks. I mean, I, I crack up every time he does it, but I just don't know how to respond sometimes. It's probably best not to. <laughs> um, so I'm going to, I'm going to let Adam direct the program tonight. Um, oh, yeah. Since, uh, I gave you a menu of topics to choose from there. Um, a, a nice tasty menu. Uh, I did have like one podcast thing. tapas. Yeah. It was like podcast tapas. Yeah. You know, nothing too filling, but enough, you know, enough substance to talk about. A little grazing. Yeah. Maybe some mamone. <laughs> <laughs> um, the one thing I did have, we, we have been having some, some technical difficulties on the sound end. And so I know, you know, the listeners are kind of pissed that they've missed, you know, 15 second cuts here or there. And so I did just want to happen again last episode. I think we were good last episode, but th this was uh, something that the listeners did miss out on and something that didn't make the air. So we've got a little uh, inter podcast battling here between Adam and Jared that I think all the listeners uh, missed. 
Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to Two Peas in a Podcast. Just a reminder, we do have bonus episodes on our Patreon weekly, and I will leave the link to that in the description. All right, let's hop into it. How's it going, man? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> what's up? Nothing. It's just, uh, I guess I just didn't know you were doing the intro this week. <laughs> yeah, I just thought it would be easier if I did it. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 it, it definitely, definitely, it's just, uh, you did the intro last week, too, and, and, <laughs> so are you the intro guy now? Because I kind of thought, I don't know, I like to do the intros as well. <laughs> Dude, we can, we can restart, it's not that big of a deal, I mean, we can do the intro, I don't mind. <laughs> I don't give a shit about the fucking intro, okay? <laughs> <laughs> What's the problem? The problem is, you didn't even ask if I wanted to do the fucking intro. Just like you didn't ask if I wanted to do the ad read last week. Dude, I'm sorry. I didn't- I, I genuinely didn't know it was that big of a deal. I'm sorry. Not that big of a deal. Yeah. Of course you would say it's not that big of a deal because you're the one that gets to tell all of our listeners about Honey, about Squarespace, about everything, <laughs> and all these cool brands. I don't get to tell them anything. Dude, I'm sorry. Like, I'll make sure to ask next time, okay? Next time? Yeah, we'll see if there is a next time, okay? Dude, come on. Right now, I can't even look you in the eyes, let alone talk shop with you for the next hour. Come on, dude. I'm sorry. I said I'm sorry a hundred times. <laughs> Whatever, man. Let's just get this over with. Okay. Okay. <sighs> Jamie, pull up the video of the deer getting hit by that car. Oh my god, I fucking love this movie. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I hope we get to the point where we are. There is intermingling about, you know, ad reads. That'd be pretty awesome. Was um, that from Anus? No, that's a little Sasquatch. Oh, well, I, I recognize Nick's voice. No, it's the same kid talking It's the same dude. <laughs> he just that was him the whole pans time. back. And, was... <laughs> no, he just pans back and forth to himself. That's fucking ridiculous. It's just a little sass. that was Nick Tarani. No, no. That's the man, the myth, the legend, little sass. Am I mispronouncing it? Is it Jesus? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Where do we want to start? Um, so I, I thought that the top concerns, concerns of Democrats and Republicans, I thought that was a good way to start. So why don't we go with that? Um, so we talked about CPAC last week. You know, the, the absolute rager of a Republican event that if you've, I mean, I don't know if, you guys have ever you guys have not watched it live, I'm assuming, but I'm sure you've seen clips of of what what's going on. We listened to Ted Cruz, you know, giving a crazy speech and trolling <clears> people <throat> about Cancun. <laughs> yeah. You're right. Allergies is more wet. <laughs> that sounded like deliberate. I didn't. I no, I it was were... not deliberate. It's okay. Throat. All right. So they did a poll at CPAC. Okay, and uh, trying to get an idea of what, like, what, like, you know, according to the people there, what the most important issues are that you know need to be fo that need to be focused on, um, things like election integrity, um, Second Amendment, you know, all, all, any Republican issue essentially, and one of them was reopening the economy. Mo, where do you think that fell on the list? So this no, is like, this, is a, this is the Republicans' interests. This is of CPAC, right? This is CPAC, so pretty much Republican interest, yeah. I think that that fell fourth on the list. Wow. wow. That's exactly where it fell. Nice. It was uh, fourth out of one, two, so it was like the top 
eight or nine issues, and that was fourth behind election integrity, constitutional rights, and most well, third third most importantly, the border wall. So get getting back to which I would have thought that reopening the economy would have been a little higher than that. I mean, well, I, th- I think that just shows the people who go to CPAP or CPAC, whatever it's called. Like they, I don't think they even know why they're there. If their number one thing is fucking election integrity, and number three is the border wall. Yeah. Well, it, yeah, it's it's. I think it painted a perfect picture to me, at least, because this I had this on my list uh, like last week. And we just didn't talk about it, but um, to Adam's point, like CPAC, the the high, the most important issues for responders were election integrity, constitutional rights and the border wall slash immigration. Um, and then if you like, th- they also did a different poll. This is just of like um, Republicans in general. Mm-hmm. And the top four issues are legal immigration, uh, lack of support for the police taxes and liberal bias and mainstream media. So and the like, economy, election integrity is like all the way down the list. <laughs> So, I mean, you can say what you want about those, you know, top four, you know, or five things, you know, that Republicans care about, but it certainly is an election fraud. That, that's clearly just like a, a MAGA thing. Yeah, that, that's certainly like, like you said, like th- there's Republicans, people who support, you know, those conservative ideals. And then there's people that go to CPAC and that's a whole different breed of, you know, far right Republicans in, in a lot of ways. So. I mean, I'm, I still think it's fucking ridiculous, but at the same time, watching clips from CPAC is uh, it, it would it kind of goes right along with that. Let's see if Jared can get, guess uh, any of the top. We'll give him top four issues uh, for the Democratic side here. What are White the supremacy has got to be up there. <laughs> okay, ding 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 ding. We got one. We got one. I would say. Uh, I bigotry is probably like the same. Yeah, I would say that. Same in there. The same guys. Yeah. Um, Donald Trump got to be number one. I'll give it to you. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah, you got you got two on there. You got the top two. I need I need top four. Um, I mean, you kind of got like three. I guess you did. Yeah, that's pretty damn good. All right, just tell me tell me what the other one is. So so we've got the number one concern for uh democratic uh responders to this poll. Like how concerned are you uh that the following are a problem for the country? Their number one issue is Donald Trump supporters. Number two is white nationalism. Number three is systemic racism, and number four is gun violence. I think that right there, dude, like that's the <laughs> ultimate. What do they call them on Rising? Brunch liberals? Limousine liberals, right? We can't hear you. Limousine liberals? <laughs> yeah. Or like, I think they refer to them as like, no, they just went back to brunch now that Biden's in office. Yeah. Right. Like, right. Those people who, that, the only concerns in their lives are these made up concerns that are media driven, like Donald Trump and white supremacy. Yeah, like I, I guess you could say like lack of support for the police is kind of falls into that like culture war shit. Totally, I, like, I think it does. At least like immigration and taxes, like are 
actual issues. Like you can argue whether they're on the right or wrong side of them. Sure. But at least they're actual issues. So like two out of their top four, the other being lack of support for the police and liberal bias in the mainstream media. Like those other two things are, are total culture war. But to, to at 82% that their top concern is Donald Trump supporters is fucking insane. With 50 cent, 57% saying they're extremely concerned with that. Yeah. And 54% being extremely concerned about white nationalism. I think if we actually followed up with those people and said, okay, a couple clarifying questions. How has Donald Trump's presidency tangibly impacted your life? Guarantee 90% of them couldn't come up with an answer. Not even that. Not uh, just. Well, I guess yeah. To your point about the like the, their number one being the Donald Trump support, they would just say, uh, "Are you living under a rock?" Yeah. They, they, they almost they almost killed every member of Congress. There was almost a mass murder. <laughs> yeah, they, they, you're right. They probably would cite that, but again, nothing that actually impacted them. Yeah, and the I same think, thing with white nationalism. That's what I mean. That's what I was gonna say. Is like if you ask them, like. What what do you mean by white nationalism that you're extremely concerned about it? Like the, I I think, uh, and I'm gonna play a clip here from a kid that I actually found just like you know uh, on Twitter. I don't even remember how he stumbled upon it, but um, you guys know uh, Ibram Kendi. You heard of that name? No. So he's um yeah. he's like the author of the anti-racism series okay. of books. Like, so he was the one that came up with this, like, whole, like, you know, it's not enough to just be not racist. You have to be anti-racist, like, yeah, yeah. crazy, like critical race theory kind of shit. And I think those that ideology has made its way so mainstream that people have now convinced themselves that, like, there is systemic white nationalism and that there's, you know, this. Uh, coalition of you know uh, white people who want to you know eradicate everyone else from the planet like I think that that's actually going through clearly that's going through people's heads if they're saying this is my number two issue number two issue is I'm concerned about white nationalism I think the reason it, it is that way is because we're scared shitless in this era of cancel culture and needing to be politically correct, that you can't argue against anything that those people say. There, there is no. no having a debate, having a discussion. If you bring up any point or would like to have a discussion with these people, they either don't engage and aren't willing to debate or just call you a racist or do both. And so this kid's a young black man who, um, like, I've actually watched, like, a few of his videos now, and it's, like, pretty fucking eye-opening to see, like, how, you know, a young African-American individual thinker is, like, all this is complete fucking bullshit and setting us back more. Like, we're not focused on the right things at all. And listen to this. As many of you will remember, a few months ago, I wrote an open letter to Kendi asking him to have a conversation in a venue of his choosing. And I wanted to connect this conversation to a charitable cause. 
So I set up a GoFundMe to raise money for the United Negro College Fund, which many of you donated to. I wanted to talk to Kendi because he's a thought leader in the modern anti-racist movement and because his work is often pointed to as the solution to America's ongoing race problem. The CEO of Twitter donated $10 million to Kendi's Center for Anti-Racist Research. So many important and influential people seem to think that Kendi's work is enormously valuable and that his ideas should be spread as widely as possible. Yet, Kendi has never engaged with his critics. And that's why I wanted to talk to him. If he was in the habit of engaging with alternative viewpoints with folks like John McWhorter, Glenn Lowry, or Thomas Chatterton Williams, really anybody, then I wouldn't have made such a big deal of this. But he doesn't engage with any criticism of his views, which is a cardinal sin if you're claiming to be a serious thinker. And this is a wider problem among so-called anti-racist intellectuals. It's difficult to find a single prominent anti-racist that will talk to the people I've mentioned. There are exceptions, of course. Ta-Nehisi Coates, for instance, would frequently get into back-and-forth commentary with people like Andrew Sullivan back in their blogging days. And he had a conversation with John McWhorter at Blogging Heads as well. And that gave the public an opportunity to see his ideas in competition with alternatives. But he's the exception that proves the rule here. I thought that was pretty awesome to hear. That I mean, it's 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 not awesome to hear because he's not getting any attention, and you know, people like him will never get attention. But like, how crazy is that that you have this dude who is like, why? I know you guys haven't heard of him, but he's like widely celebrated. As, yeah, well, I know, like as said, soon as you said he wrote the book, I know exactly what book you're talking about. Yeah, and like, how fucked up is it that these guys make? I'm sure millions of dollars on all these books. He, he, I bet he's made so much money. Imagine the speech speaking engagements he's doing. He's won, you know, it was a New York Times bestseller, National Book Award winner. I mean, and he won't talk to anyone that has an opposing view. I just think that's that is like why we are where we are. Yeah. I definitely don't disagree with you. We don't want to have a conversation about tough topics like this. Yeah, it, it is disappointing. And it, so, but it 100% fits the woke narrative. Well, yeah. and that's why I brought it up, right? It's the only reason I played it was because we're looking at this thing that, you know, says people's top two concerns that identify in the Democratic Party that took this poll. I don't, I don't know who the fuck, got, you know, they solicited, but the top two concerns are Donald Trump supporters and white nationalism. And like even on the Republican side, like you think the second biggest concern in this country is the lack of support for police. (laughs) It's just like it's just I don't understand. Well, but if you think about it, though, all those topics like the top three for the Republicans and the top three for the Democrats are all things that have really heightened in the last year, like the last year and a half or so. So it just seems like very relevant at this point. But would you like saying it's the most important thing is obviously a ridiculous statement. Well, and I do think where there may be some disconnect is when you pull people who are identifying like out of an election cycle as Republicans or identifying as Democrats, they're going to be pretty damn tribal. 
I think if you were to poll Americans, you would hope not though. I mean, you got to think about a. There's got to be. I don't know many people who would millions say, of, like tens of millions. Not of people, people who, who go identify. to fucking CPAC. Oh no, I, I'm not. Uh, this this these it, other the, polls no, yeah, were no, not from different. CPAC. Those are different okay. polls. Just like general Democrats, so, general Republicans. Right. Like again, I don't know who they solicited. I, I would hope that they just tried to cast a wide net. Um, but I mean. I guess I'm just thinking, like, if you were to poll Americans as a whole and actually get, like, a real answer, there's no way that that their top four things are a mix of those top four. There's no way. I would, you, like, like, I would that, like that would vote so. That would vote Democrat, you mean? It, it, like, just in, you general, have to, in general. Well, I know, but this this is trying to show you, hey, people that identify Democrat, these are their concerns. People who identify Republican, these are their concerns. So if you polled everyone of this from this last election right you can only vote well you could vote for other people but but you pull those 74 million people or whatever it was yeah yeah that voted for joe biden like you don't think it would you think it would look a lot different than that i don't think you're wrong uh, by saying that i don't No, i guess the point i was trying to make is if you pull the whole 150 people that voted i don't think it's as so you don't think the top eight would comprise of no you know, i don't lack of support for the police liberal bias trump supporters white nationalism I, I think as soon as you would go to say an inner city or an area in west virginia or a place where people are really struggling like i don't know if they would care so much about those things i'm sure a lot of them would be like i need fucking health care i need a job Oh, he- like healthcare like showed that. up on there, Jared. It was number five yeah. behind all of those other things. That's so Access insane. to healthcare was number five for so Democrats. Insane. Yeah, I, I think I agree. I mean, I, th- I personally think that if you had like a top 10 issues, I still think a couple of those would still show up on there. I don't know if there would be 87% or whatever it was of people that voted for that as their number one, but I still think it would probably show up if you're polling people who identify as Democrats. Yeah. Yeah. What do you speaking of uh, Republicans top concern? What do you think of uh, how Joey is handling the uh, crisis down at the old border just south of here? Is that for me or for who are you talking to? Uh, I don't know. There's two people I'm looking at right now. Yeah. (laughs) Wait, so I I, I'm honestly unaware of this part. So what what exactly are you referring to? Did like something happen? Well, there's an influx of immigrants. Oh, right? oh a surge of immigrants yeah. since, uh, you know, the inauguration and totally we makes talking sense about it, Adam. Remember how, you know, we were looking at how the, you know, uh, media under Trump framed it as kids in cages. Oh, 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 that, now that, it's, that, that, yes. Yeah. It was child. Now it's child detention centers before it was cages. Yeah. They did the whole yeah. puff piece where they showed like yes. pictures that made it look like this, like, incredible like elegant looking classroom and um yeah and so the there's there was a story that came out that they're you know because they're going back to the the catch and release essentially which is like the i guess like catch fish. And, i was just gonna say that it sounds like you're talking about like wildlife yeah well that's the, that's the strategy is they like bring them in i don't know if they like you know, identify them or, or whatever. Put a get fucking some tag on them. Yeah. Take a and picture then, with it. And then just up. let them, let them go back into the U S well, all of a sudden these people started showing up 
like at hospitals and stuff, like testing positive for COVID. And so like you not have surprising, dude, the, the is influx, of, these influx of people coming over and we're not sure what to do about them right now because there's so much like angst and anxiety. You know what I mean? I think in, in politics today about, or at least democratic politics today about what to do about it. And I mean, there's, I think they're so afraid of it looking bad, no matter what they do that it's, they're clearly having a difficult time. It's it's just so crazy that we can't even get an actual debate on immigration, something that every person, like regardless of their political party, would agree is an issue that needs to be addressed. And it's almost not like the Democrats are refusing to even acknowledge it needs attention. Well, that, that's not that's not anything new, right? I feel like they've always been very lax when it comes to immigrants, and and I don't you know. like I don't. Well, get- I think it's only different now, or to me, it's only different now is because of the pandemic, and like, how are you letting these people over that are testing positive for COVID? For me, it was like, more that came about over illegally. That came over thing. illegally. Yeah, it was more I mean, what for it, you? The kids the cages, in cages. The fact that like. We all know it was really Obama and Biden that opened those cages in the first place. They Depends talked on about you it. Ask, but you're absolutely right. right. They talked about it so much in the debates, and now we're still just putting kids in fucking cages and like acting like nothing. Like we're on our like the moral high road, even though we're doing the exact same thing we villainized Trump for. By we, I mean they. Yeah, well, they, like that, they that bothers me more. Not according yeah. to the Washington Post. Well, that's what I'm saying. They know they can do that because the 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 system is so broken now that. You know, major news outlets just are propaganda for the administration. Unless you're a Republican. Here's a question for you guys. Should there be some level of, um, we'll call them Central American immigrants who should be allowed to come in? Yeah, of course. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, of course. And that, that's that's been something that's been throughout history. There have been like percentages of different groups of people that can come in and stuff. I don't think that's I want them to outrageous. come in. I just I just I just think illegal immigration is bad for everybody, including legal immigrants. Well, I, I guess if you look at legal immigration, I'm trying to see the percentage um, from say Mexico. The people who can come in from who are legal immigrants nowadays are usually like pretty successful well-off people and visa processes are very difficult very expensive do you not feel that there should be some opportunity for people who are struggling in mexico and central america to get a chance at a better life like our ancestors did uh yeah i I think it would be uh important in my eyes to expand the program of legal immigration that's what I would do. I would expand who's, you know, allowed in and what we look for. I mean, just like you have policies now that, you know, change the way we look at hiring people to make sure there's, you know, a more equitable, sure, you know, society. Um, I think if if you know there's there is a process in place, right? So let's not just say fuck it and you know let people who don't follow the process in line before the people who do right let's yeah. just expand the legal process and like change the way we think about this stuff you know and make it so it's not so cumbersome uh on our immigration system to try to do this so it doesn't take so long 
You know what I mean? And again, we're we're talking about stuff we don't know about, but right. That's just like as as things roll through my head, like these are kind of where my thoughts go, and as far as immigration, because I, I I think it's super important. I mean, it'd be somewhere in my top list. You know what I mean? It'd be somewhere in my top. It would five, definitely be my top me. ten. It's an issue that need. I mean, and and there has to be some middle ground that you have like Republicans who tend to be a lot more strict, probably too strict on it, and then you have Racist. Democrats who will set up sanctuary cities essentially and let the let let these illegal immigrants just come here and then when they do get naturalized if that ever does happen well obviously that's just buying votes essentially so there has well, to be well, what's some crazy is that fucking trump won the latino vote i know i know charades, right? and, and no and nobody saw that coming i mean no at well, all but and, and a lot of people said it's because those people are you know hard-working people generally right it's not all of the mexican voters this way but you know, they typically fall on that middle class, right? You could argue the middle to lower class America. Yeah. And, you know, they don't want to see opportunities getting taken from them by, you know, allowing people over here and not kind of setting a ground rule and an expectation. Do, do you know back in the day, Adam, like with Ellis Island, how immigration worked? Was it as simple as like if you made it on the boat? into Ellis Island's port, you got a visa or whatever. And like, you were allowed to step off the boat. I mean, I can't imagine they had like complex visa processes. You filled out from fucking I'm sure. They Ireland just signed the, the book, famine. right? Adam, isn't there well, isn't the book so, still there? Yeah. I mean, there is, but like I, the process obviously isn't as complicated as it is now. And that's, that's not saying anything that's not obvious, but they, there were, there was a, a step-by-step process. It didn't take years or even months. I think it was like a, like a day, maybe a few, maybe a few days. I really don't yeah. think it was that much. I mean, especially like, like I think in the 18, like mid 1800s when like that huge influx of European immigration that, that took place, especially from like, you know, Ireland and other places, um, you know, on, on that, on that side of, of, of Europe, I, I, it was very much, you know, you, you need to have like someone vouch for you essentially. Cause a lot of these people were coming obviously to work, which obviously expedited everything because if they need Any people bodies. to work in the steel mills, they, they need people to work in these areas. They're going to fly everyone through like an expressway. Other people, it was like reuniting with families. And I think that helped the process. I'm sure there were people though, that were held there for days though sometimes weeks because they whether they didn't have the money or they didn't have someone to vouch for them or they weren't they weren't fit they didn't fit like criteria for like a particular job um but yeah it certainly wasn't like it is now it with like you know where you some people wait years to 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 get most people wait years yeah yeah we would talk to people in the philippines who are going through the process and it started the year prior you know what i mean they're still waiting that would only be the people who had enough money in their bank account to even be able to say i meet the visa requirements yeah but don't don't you think there has to be some sort of line that you draw like where we can't just have everyone open yeah right but but I, I I like so I put myself my buddy Nanad shoes who I worked with at Tulip. He's still he's the guy who's still there because he's stuck on his visa. Um, but he married his current wife. He had a work visa, the one, same one he's on now, working for Tulip. She did not, for whatever reason, she didn't get passed for her work visa. So she was able to come here and live with him because she was her, she was his wife. 
but despite the fact that they've been in the U.S. for like four years and married, she still cannot work or get a social security number to volunteer anywhere because she can't get a work visa because like it was denied for whatever strange reason like five years ago. So like, dude, just like shit like that. And she had a, a master's and was like a professional working at IBM when like they got married and migrated over here. Yeah. And, and those, those are like perfect examples of like why, you know, it, it does need to improve. And my only thing is like, do we know if that's like a systemic problem or could these just be like one-off for, for, situations? For certain countries it is. He says for India, cause there's just so many fucking people. Like they're so strict and there's such a limited amount of people who can get, I think they all have come to North Texas if I'm being honest. <laughs> <laughs> so such a limited amount of people who can get green cards, which is like the traditional way to get into a country. Um, so the other option you have to rely on is a work visa. And then even that there's only a certain amount that they give out. Like Trump, I'm pretty sure stopped new work visas for like a year or so when he was presidency. Yeah, he was pretty tough on immigration as a, as a whole, which again, uh, not not surprising. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm all for like not you know I, I'm not it's not like um the same as you know you can have a conversation like about voting like oh, we want to make voting as easy as possible right because it's a constitutional right in our country it is not a constitutional right to just come here if you please and make it your yeah. home like I, yeah. I think you know you should have to go through a process that isn't easy and does maybe take time or you know you do have to like save up a little bit to um afford to apply or whatever like i'm oh I'm, i am okay with having some processes in place that can make it difficult for people to get here yeah yeah i think people need to remember even if your immigrants your uh sorry your ancestors are white and from europe like if you look at the immigration patterns almost everybody immigrated here because their country was as shitty as Central America is now. Yeah, war-torn country, poverty, genocide, famine. famine, Like all of those things are what led the French to come, the Italians to come, the Jews to come, the Irish to come. Like it's the exact same shit you're seeing now in Central America. It's just those people were white and obviously the policies were a little, were different then. Yeah, and I don't think that makes us a racist country. Like some no, but I, I don't think pe- people, not surprisingly, like kind of forget that perspective. Like, oh, it's my country. My folks came here legally. Yeah, they did. But that doesn't mean you're any more deserving than these other people who just want a chance to be able to work to put food on their table. No, and I'm sure that those it's people the, don't it's appreciate the empathetic that. But part of me. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know solutions can probably be found yeah. you know if you look for it somewhere in the, and, there, and, there, in the and there, i think i think there's there's definitely a line between you know giving like you're saying jared giving those kinds of people in those kinds of situations an opportunity to come Ooh, here the right those way. kinds of people well the kinds of people you described the, the war-torn impoverished all those groups of immigrants or you know hopeful immigrants coming here there's a line between that and then just what some people want is like just complete open borders with no regulation of any kind where, you know, people who come here illegally are getting benefits that people who have been living here in our, in the hard times as well, aren't right. receiving. So that, yeah. And again, I, I'm not going to sit here and pretend I know anything about that process. And I don't think any of us really do, but there, there has to be some sort of middle ground uh, for, for allowing people to come here the right way. And also expediting it a little more for for especially people that can, 
like provide a, a, a you know a service for 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 the country like yeah, i think add value to society yeah, like australia i think um they're super strict with who comes to their like who comes to live in their country like you literally have to like you you have to like pretty much I have bet a you fucking, new zealand's the same way i mean i'm just sure it how is few people are, are there yeah exactly Probably like even more so like you have to really provide a true service you can't just waltz in there and obviously it's a, it's an island continent country obviously i, I know it's not the same, but you can't just waltz into Australia and, and expect to have things just handed to you and just, you know, come upon like a dishwashing job or like, a you know, or working in a, some kind of department store being like just an extra hand for like a construction company. It doesn't work like that. Whereas like you compared to a lot of other countries, it's hard to get into this. It's sorry. It's easy to get into the United States compared to other countries. Yeah. With just like our- and there, that's why there's perspective loss on both sides. Right. As always. Absolutely. America, where the streets are paved with gold. I wonder if um, any of those, how many of those uh, COVID positive um, illegal immigrants were obese. I wonder how how good a shape they were in. Did you guys see this? This this is shocking to me. This is one of my hot, this is one of my hot topics. Not not shocking to me, but... um, it's incredible that this is going to just blow away and not even be a story. And should, honestly, in my opinion, in my humble opinion, this should be the number one story in the country. Here's so, the headline. Please, go ahead. Yeah, read the Here's headline. The headline. C, this is from CNBC. CDC study finds that about 78% of people hospitalized yeah. for COVID were overweight or obese. 78%. All these it's, deaths, like, and we've talked about this before. Where I think, I think Ty, you're, I think you you sent it to us. Where there was that study from Johns Hopkins or whatever, um, that was like taken down or or whatever, because it was pretty much saying that a lot of these deaths that would normally be having or happening without COVID are just being categorized as COVID related deaths. Where if you're fucking obese, and whether it's something that is like an actual health problem for you, or you just can't control yourself and you just have a really bad metabolism, whatever it is. I don't care. No excuse. COVID. I don't care. No fucking excuse. I don't care if it's COVID or any other sort of virus that's going to take most of these people down. So yeah, I mean, you're right, Ty. I don't think this is going to get any press at all, but this should be the number one news story in the, in every country that has television. Yeah, like it, it, this is it's eight, 80 fucking percent of people, <laughs> dude, 10, dude, that have died are, yeah. are obese. And I mean, we know like obese, like we always kind of joked about it in school, right? When you did that, like fat test, like they classify, yeah, obese a little bit loosely. But I still think it, it, the point is you are not taking care of yourself if you're labeled obese. I think and it's a fair statement. Here's my thoughts. I am pro-choice and pro-freedom. I'm not saying the message needs to be everybody needs to get in shape, but the message 100% should be, folks, just like wearing a mask can save your life, improving your health can save your yeah. life. Not going to be yeah, you every want, day. You yeah. want science? You want fucking data? 
Yeah. Eighty fucking percent of people who I don't it's care obesity, what color skin they are, D, I don't care how the old things. they are, I don't care where they are, doesn't matter fucking any circumstance you want to throw at me, doesn't matter. If you're fucking fat, is an eighty percent chance that you're gonna you know, or rather if <laughs> nope. you had died, <laughs> no, there was an eighty percent chance that, whoa, that whoa, you were whoa. fat. <laughs> If you had died, you'd eighty percent chance. Are about to die, <laughs> <laughs> dude. I, I just looked at myself in the camera. I'm on the hot seat. Oh, um, that is staggering to me. That is absolutely fucking staggering. And nobody will talk about it. They're too scared. No, obese is now. It's gone from a scientific definition to an, an aggression and an objective term. Like, um, like I'm passionate about this subject passionate about it well they, they uh fucking again twitter uh, a few days ago um the, the they put these two things side by side so they were a month apart because a <laughs> cosmopolitan magazine in february 2021 says this is healthy 11 women on why wellness doesn't have to be a one-size-fits-all i mean the woman on the cover it's of the magazine is is uh, can we say obese she would fall under <laughs> The Careful. obese category. Um, oh no, She's actually thick. we can't. We not. Dude, we forgot. Thing. We have. I gotta fucking bleep out the e in obesity every time we said it. Obesity. <laughs> but I mean, this woman is is huge on the cover of Cosmo and says this is healthy. She's thick in all the wrong ways. And then, um, literally a month after that, <laughs> COVID nineteen. <laughs> this is on CNN. COVID nineteen deaths death rates ten times higher in countries where most adults are overweight. Report finds. America like that is unbelievable that should be the that should be what anyone and everyone is talking about and saying holy shit this I mean, all, how, nobody was talking about it I mean, I mean you, you remember hearing like oh, it, it, oh people who are overweight are definitely more yeah, at risk right elderly, but yeah I mean 80% is an incredible number like it would have been incre- I mean, it would have been incredible at half of that. Yeah, I was going to say like 50% would have still been wild. Hell, at 25%, you would have said, "Dude, are you fucking kidding me? One out of every four people?" Yeah, it's still yeah. high. And it's fucking 8 out of 10. <laughs> and like where do we draw the line with science not being taken as fact anymore? Like transgender gender fluidity. I can stretch to understand why people challenge science there. I can understand why they may think that way. I think in this day and, that, and age, you it's can't up to challenge the, the science of it. It's up to the politicians. There's no science. There's no, line. Yeah, there's no arguing the science of sex. I'm not, we're, but we're not winning that argument. We know nobody's touching that with a 10 foot pole unless you're Taylor Marjorie green. Okay. Well, that's your kind of your point or part of your point. Yeah, but but I mean, to like, do we now go that same way with obesity and say, okay, we're going to pretend that the science isn't real and all these things like heart disease and cholesterol and all that aren't going to kill you or COVID because you're obese? Like, what's next? Do we pretend smoking cigarettes because they make you feel good aren't bad for you? Like, how I, far do we play this game? I think uh, the medical profession won't go there. But I think you will see it become mainstream thought in like popular culture. I mean, it already has. I, like, I think we're on our way. way. Yeah, it's definitely already started. Like the whole body is beautiful thing, body okay. positivity. 
which again, yeah, like that, all of it, like that's that's a has a great like message to it. Like, yeah, it comes hey, from a good place. Yeah, like, hey, don't hang yourself just because you're course not, obese. Yeah. But it does. Like, I, we shouldn't go as far as to say you're this healthy. is healthy, and you should celebrate this. It's like, yeah. no, no, you shouldn't celebrate it. You should work on it. Or at least understand when you grab the fucking ice cream, the pros and cons of that. The mouth pleasure is the pro. The cons are here is how being obese is going to impact your life. Like your life expectancy is going to reduce by 20 years. And I'm guessing. Yeah, like, right? Something like that. I'm sure, and, it, it, you know, with, with this data, I'm sure we could say, you know, that it increases your likelihood of dying from this virus. I, I, like I'm trying to put myself in a doctor's shoes. L- luckily, none of us have ever been obese. But like, how often do you think it? Like, they see obese patients doing their physical. Let's say probably more than half, and they need to try and convince these obese people to like, hey, you should take your health somewhat seriously. That can't be an easy conversation to have. It's like the dentist telling us to floss better. I think a lot of them probably just try to like not be personal about it like not yeah. take everything personally and just like they just tell you what the facts are and hey this is right. how to help yourself but i would hope that they're not like letting it weigh on them because I, I imagine not too many people listen to their doctor when they tell them you know that they're overweight and need to do something about it well that's why when another stat i think in 2018 it says on this article that roughly 40, around 42% of Americans are considered overweight. So clearly we aren't listening to our doctors. I bet you it's health professionals. What, what year is that? Well, I would have guessed I was going to say percentage. that was 2018. I'm yeah. sure it's, I'm sure it's gone up. And, and, and what I, what I'm thinking so pretty of much every though, other at this point, every yeah, other Americans overweight, pretty much. And another thing I, I'm thinking about now is like, potentially we could have a whole generation of, of kids who one day are just going to like, they're going to be whitewashed into just thinking like, all right, well, I don't need to take care of my body because I can just be who I am and that's enough. And then when they get to their forties or fifties and they developed, or even earlier than that, they developed diabetes and all these other heart or, or health problems. Then they'd be like, then, 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 then the script's got to flip. Like, oh my God, I can't believe I, that health wasn't uh, being, you know, more, aggressively push towards my way for me to, you know, prevent something like this from happening. And then the whole thing, I, I can see it, the whole script flipping one day and being like, fuck, all these people are fat and now they're all dying. And like the life expectancy is going down. Maybe there's a, another cultural shift down the line where health becomes the new, it's crazy to say, but the new fad, as opposed to just being comfortable with who you are. I, I agree. Tell me it's not the most millennial thing ever to like, we grew up with like super size me and all these things bringing attention to the obesity pandemic. So we flip the argument on its head and say, it's okay to be obese instead of coming up with a solution to reduce obesity. Because yeah, that that's kicking the can down the road. It's just like, all right, don't worry about it. Just, just be yourself. And then you're 50 yeah. and you're, and you're, you know, you're one, one excitable moment away from a fucking heart attack at that point. You are going to have no one to blame but yourself. And also just the, this cultural shift that we're seeing where it's okay to just not take care of yourself. Quick clarifying point. Uh, it's They were hospitalized, not died. Okay, but still. Uh, same, and same it, it, it wasn't a, 
I don't think it was data on the entire pandemic. It looks like it's 150,000 people um, who were uh, hospitalized from. Oh, it, yeah. So among 148,000 uh, adults who received a COVID-19 diagnosis during an emergency department or inpatient visit at 238 U.S. hospitals from March to December, 71,000 or 71,500 were hospitalized. Um, and then of those who were admitted, 78% were uh, overweight or obese. I still you, think you, it, I still think it's somewhat accurate. Oh though. no! I, well, it, yeah, it's still, it doesn't change the story. It's still shocking, right? I mean, yeah, it, it's still definitely. unbelievable. Um, and I mean, fifty percent were o- obese, and obese is, um, it said it here. Uh, let's see, because the BMI calculator was like a little, like five foot ten, one seventy five, like that's me. Like I'd, I'd be considered overweight, which I guess is fair, but like, you wouldn't look at me off the street and say like, Oh my God, like, dude, get it together, yeah. man. Like maybe if I <laughs> took my BMI shirt off, I w- you would, like but not, not spotting. Cause you could also be 5'10", 175 and jacked or 5'10", 185 and jacked and you'd be Correct. considered yeah. overweight. But a man that's 210 pounds uh, and over at 510 is obese and i think that kind of makes sense i could not imagine yeah, unless, unless you're more. fucking shredded yeah i could not imagine having 30 more pounds than me <laughs> so yeah still incredibly fucking shocking and again we will this will not be mainstream nightly news nope i think like i, I literally like maybe it's my mission in life one of my if i ever retire early missions so like try and change the way Americans look at food. <laughs> like I literally had a Eureka moment the other day. I was walking down the aisle at market basket up here and it was in market basket. I wasn't used to. So I just like walked down a random aisle and it was the cereal aisle. First time I'd walk down a cereal aisle in years. I don't eat cereal. There's probably like, no exaggeration. 50, 60 different types of cereal for people to buy. And not one of them, I don't care what people say is healthy, not one of them is actually like something good for you. Maybe a handful of them are okay for you. They have some okay, fiber. Maybe 80% of them not are any of them. pretty good maybe for most you. Of them, though. But I guarantee you every single one of them has sugar in it. I guarantee you oh, every yeah. single one of them has processed bullshit in it. Like that's the American diet in a nutshell. You have 60 brands of cereal every one of them by four or five major big food companies filled with sugar and preservatives that are poisoning americans yeah. they're all exactly like, the same mine like they're like i picture them all like just like little blobs of paste and they all they do is just reshape them or like make them a different color it's all the same in a stuff. different box exactly it's all the yeah. same and, and that's so much of the fucking grocery store aisles is just like same thing with the soda nothing. Mm-hmm. Soda. Snacks, I mean, the soda aisle is the entire dude. aisle. Yeah, literally half of an aisle. Liquid sugar. Yeah. Like, dude, bread, like all these things. Like, we grew up, I guess maybe not so much like our generation, but our parents, I'm sure, grew up on fucking Wonder Bread. Definitely. Like, dude, Wonder Bread. What do you think's in Wonder Bread? I'm sure it's not the shit, that same shit that's in bread if you were to make bread at home. There's no way. And that was it's at the same a time list when. Of chemicals. Right. And, that, and and they grew up also in the same time when smoking was not like condemned. 
and it was yeah. encouraged. So when doctors had favorite cigarettes. It shows you like how far we've come in terms of health. And like, what's that old mantra? Like they tell you to stay away from the aisles. If you go to the supermarket, just like shop yeah, and like shop the on the perimeter. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But, I don't always stick think, to that, but like, like to. we're aware enough to know that dude, but there's no doubt in my mind, 80% of Americans buy that stuff without ever even thinking, let me read the ingredients of what I'm buying or look at the nutritional information. No, it's just easy. Hey, just add milk and, and you got uh you got breakfast. Yep. So that that's, that's fucking about cookie it. crisp, Reese's puffs as delicious as all that shit is. Waffle crisp. Remember waffle cinnamon, crisp? cinnamon toast crunch. Fucking love waffle crisp. Yeah. Now, cause we're woke. You can't, woke. you can't talk about, I mean, no. what could be more scientific and data driven, you know, that the left loves to talk about and preach about than that right there. I'm going to come out yeah. with a new woke. I'm going to wake your fat ass up and make you go for a run. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't think we'll ever get as woke as Chris Harrison though. Cause he, he got a, he got a, a woke revelation. You guys have been following that, right? That's I heard so what happened pathetic. like a week or two ago. I don't know what's happened yeah. since then. Well, so we'll start from, start from a couple of weeks ago. So um, there was a contestant on well, first off, you know, Bachelor, Bachelorette, Chris Harrison's the host of both of those shows, among other shows. He's got like the best job. Like as soon as one season's over, he just jumps right into the next season. It's been around for like, I want to say 20 years. And there was a contestant on there, a female who had, I think in 2018, had attended an antebellum party, which if you're not familiar, listeners, it's like a party that pretty much celebrates like how the old South used to be. And like you dress up for it and it's, you know, it's portrayed as like sophisticated, classy, all that stuff. Mm. Um, so obviously uh, that stuff was found, including like a picture. There was like an Instagram picture that she liked with a Confederate flag in the background. And then there are a couple other things like stuff that obviously she, looking at it today is you said the party, right? She went to the party. Yeah. The, the antebellum like, party. Yeah, yeah. That was like the, the, thing that everyone was talking about yeah yeah you're right that was definitely the focus i was just naming some other stuff i remember seeing so chris harrison went on i think extra yeah and was interviewed i don't know ty if you have the audio i don't know if you had gotten that or not but yeah i'll, I'll play this clip here okay. um which like stray hands on fucking good morning america <laughs> dude stray hand does fucking everything i like stray hand i do too like he's literally everywhere Oh, are you going to play that? Or you want me to keep going? Oh, shit. I forgot I turned off the share screen. I'm sitting here like listening to it. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Um, yeah, hold on. It was a mistake. I made a mistake. This morning, this is the apology. I think. Host Chris yeah. Harrison sitting down with GMA exclusively in his first interview since stepping aside from the franchise. Tonight, the journey begins again. After facing backlash for defending frontrunner Rachel Kirkendall, whose past racist social media posts show her liking a photo containing a Confederate flag and attending an Old South plantation theme party in 2018, she has since apologized for those. I'm going to stop that right there. I, I need to play this out. Like, that's what we're talking about right now. We are talking she about her liking a picture of her friends. Yep. That happened to have a Confederate 
flag in the background. Because there's no other reason why she liked that photo other than the Confederate flag. And like, look, you know, I'm not going to try to fucking get on a pedestal and defend fucking antebellum parties or whatever the fuck you want to call it. But they were just in these old Southern dresses drinking. Like yeah, they did, yeah. they, there was sure no the story that was came never out to be racist. Exactly, exactly. It was just a. Well, I mean, I think she was what eighteen or nineteen when she went. You, I mean, you're telling me that she's going there for the allure of the old South, or you think she's just trying to get fucked up and look classy while doing it? I think everyone knows why she went, or at least yeah. some people do, and some people are choosing to it believe. It was not to promote segregation. Anyway. Actions. Thank you for holding me accountable. I'm so sorry. Harrison made this case to Rachel Lindsay, the show's first black bachelorette. This is the not a good look. Trouble. It's not a good. Well, Rachel, is it a good look in 2018 or is it not a good look in 2021? It's because not a, a big good difference. look ever because she's celebrating well, the old South. She's cel- if I went to that party, what would I represent I, at that party? I think the biggest surprise for a lot of people is that this season was supposed to be a, a turning point for the show. We have the first black bachelor in the franchise's history after two decades of being on the air. It was a move that had already been criticized as too little, too late by, by quite a few people, but now it's being overshadowed by this controversy over racism, but not just by a contestant on the show, but also by its own host. And, and you are the face of the show. So a lot of people, and I'm wondering, why would you defend Rachel Kirkinell? I am an imperfect man. I made a mistake and I own that. I believe that mistake doesn't reflect who I am or what I stand for. I am committed to the progress, not just for myself, also for the franchise. My guess, these girls got dressed up and went to a party and had a great time. They were 18 years old. Now, does it make it okay? I don't know, Rachel, you tell me. You said, quote, is it not a good look in 2018 or is it not a good look in 2021? Cause they're the big difference. So, so what is the, to you, what is the difference? Or is there, there one? There is not. No, oh, fuck you. Antebellum parties <laughs> are not okay. Past, present, future. Knowing what that represents is unacceptable. I hate this guy now, hate him. I mean, dude, this is what happens to people, though. They get fucking dominated into submission. Yeah, yeah. he got totally dominated into submission. Did he get his job back? I think he's back. No, he's no. Emmanuel Acho, the guy. He, I think he, he was a football player. Is like doing it now. I don't. It's not oh. permanent. I don't. I okay. think like this guy's still like on leave or whatever. But yeah, yeah. I remember brought Emmanuel someone Acho. in. Yeah, he went to Texas. It's p- um, just pathetic, dude. That 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 got more press than. Jamal Gashogi's fucking murder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And 80% of COVID patients being obese. All right, Unbelievable. Let, let, let me ask you guys this. I'm, I'm curious what you think. Cause um, I don't, again, like a couple weeks ago that, that interview took place. If you're Chris Harrison and, and that, you know, the, the same question is, is, is presented to you like, Hey, this is one of your contestants on here. She was at this party. The, origin of the party celebrates the old South and everything that comes along with it. I guess what I'm wondering, like how, like why did he feel the need to defend her die? Well, yeah. I mean, I guess, yeah. Die on that Hill. 
knowing what, I mean, how would you guys have answered that is what I want to know. I'm I mean, curious because. Well, what was the medium of when he was talking, when the original question came up? Like, it was what a was radio interview. Like it was on, a radio on, interview? On, no, on TV. It was on the TV show Extra. Yeah. E! News Network. I think he was trying to fight the good fight and stand up against woke culture by saying, like, there's a difference in what's bad in 2018 and 2021. Like, he had balls to do that. Clearly, it didn't work out. In this yeah. Season. Well, that's what I mean. Like, I guess what in the world? I mean, if if we had, you know, if we were his PR people, and we have an idea of the questions that he's going to be asked. And we say, hey, they're probably going to bring this up. How are you like, here's how you should answer it. Would you guys, if you're Chris, I keep wanting to say Chris Wallace, the guy from Fox News. If you're Chris Harrison, would you have answered it that way? Like, honestly, like probably, what, if I'm the same person I am now, then yeah. But if I was hosting The Bachelor for 20 well, years. And right. The that's what I mean. Then, like, he's not an know. average. He's not just some Joe Schmo. He's. He's a very recognizable. He obviously thought face. people were going to agree with him. I mean, he's an idiot for thinking. Yeah, and, and and I guess that but, that's the part that annoys. He's me not the really most. an idiot, but because I I guarantee you, if you took a fucking poll of every American, that'd be vastly in favor of the. I don't really know what we're getting so upset about. This is a little bit overblown to me. Which I I, I, do, told, I bet you almost I do agree every with that. American would say that. But again, if it was like you, me, or Mo, and we had that interview, whatever, it's not going to get that much press, or if if any. But if you're a, that recognizable of a character and you're presenting you doing that your kind interview? of question, uh, the Western Hills Times. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, Adam, we have a like, quick question did, for you. It has he... nothing to do with education, history, anything. <laughs> I do, though, want to get your thoughts, your perspective on Rachel Kirkinell from The Bachelor. And is this racist? Yes or no? Oh my God. It'd be a whole article in the Cobra. That's our newspaper, the Cobra. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, like what like what did he think was gonna happen by answering that? I mean, you know what? Good for him. Like truly, I think he he meant what he said. Yeah, I, but sure. then he comes on Good Morning America and just says the oh, yeah, exact that was, opposite. Right, like which we all know robot. he was programmed to, to say all of that. I mean, he so couldn't have gotten away with, with not saying. Yeah, it is disingenuous. But like if you're him and you're if you're Chris Harrison, you don't say that in this I, day and age. Yeah, like unfortunately, that's just the case. You can't say things even you if can't. You, you think it, it, you think they're right, um, which is my, unfortunate. My, but yeah, you're right. I, I would have just liked to have seen him like stick up for himself. Like I, I just I'm so tired of these people just like bending over and fucking taking it. Yeah, getting people bullied calling him like racist and white supremacy and you know uh, he's a white nationalist and all these right. things online that you know people call him and all those things online are the reason why he gets suspended. Like and then you're just you respond to them by saying like. I'm an imperfect human. I made a mistake. I'm going to be committed to anti-racism now because I said that I don't think this woman should be torn to shreds and we should be investigating her parents, uh, what they do for a living, who they <laughs> right. voted for because she went to uh, a party that, you know, where they dressed up like the old South. Or that she liked a Facebook picture three years ago that had a Confederate flag in the background of right. the picture. 
I mean, this is fucking insane. It is. It's insane it is. that this guy has been bullied into having to, which, you know, he, he, he did it, but it's that's so fucking embarrassing. Like anyone that knows him, when you just be like, dude, you're that's so fucking fraudulent. Like, what are you yeah, doing? It is. You would love to see him double down on what he said. Yeah. Maybe just refine his exactly. message to exactly. be a little more clear of, hey, oh, why can't we just have... ask her? Why can't we yeah. just wait and ask her and say, hey, did you guys have any understanding or inclination behind this party that you guys threw? Like, what was the genesis of it? Were you guys doing it? knowing that you were celebrating like the pre civil rights era or whatever, however you want to frame that, you know, she said, no, of course not. Like we were just dressing, we were just dressing up in, in these old Southern dresses to have a day party. Like yeah. a darty. I don't know. It's just, but I, I mean, what, what I did enjoy was um, some, some solid, you know, a- analysis by uh, Don Lemon. A lot of talk about with Jamel Hill, staff writer for The Atlantic and senior political Alfred, vice president of digital content and senior correspondent. Brother Griot, um, hello to both of you. Thank you. Uh, listen, uh, I don't often talk about something that we talk. Can you pause it like a quick second? Has yeah. such cultural- so, Jared, you can't see it, but like I watched this earlier. Jamel Hill is like any any pause in the beginning. She's like, oh. But she just can't fucking wait to just jump in there. So and like Don Lemon doesn't go to her right away. She's like every single um, just he pause lives for these moments. Oh, my God. It's just, she gets off on it. But I anyway, mean, how do you think she feel? Do you think she feels like she's like the, the token guest for like these kind of spots? Like this no, is she all she's she a martyr, about. man. She thinks she's, she's a, a martyr. She's a race monger. Easy Central, significant. So many people watch it. It's the first black bachelor. And then you have the first black bachelorette who is actually part of um, the story here. So, Natasha, you first. What do you think about Chris Harrison saying that he is working closely with a race educator and strategist <laughs> as well as uh, people like Dr. Michael Eric Dyson Bull being educated shit. on race? It shouldn't be something that you Even do when you're true, in hot that's water, psychotic. right? psychotic. <laughs> Right. And I think that's the issue. Look, I have a deep respect for Dr. Dyson. I think if anybody can break down the nuances of race in America, he would be the one. But the thing is, we're not asking for perfect people, right? The bar is so low. We're literally saying just don't glorify slavery. You know, don't host plantation themed balls. And it's really uh, shocking that in 2021, someone with such a huge platform who is on a show that says that they're promoting diversity and they're thinking intentionally about diversity could make such statements. And to be so hostile towards Rachel Lindsay in that interview, if you watch it, there's a dismissiveness, there's a gaslighting, there's an energy that reflects that he actually did speak from the heart. He was saying exactly what he thought about this not really being a big deal uh, and very defensive of this particular candidate who is a white woman uh, and portraying her as a victim while he's literally talking to a woman of color who who faced racism on the bachelorette so you know the apology is very uh you know perfectly stated it it looks like it had a pass through uh, someone's pr office but the question is why does the reflection come after especially when you have such a huge platform yeah uh, Jamal, I see you shaking your head, but before I get to your response, I just, this is Michael Stram, what he said after this interview, and then we'll talk. Here it is. 
His, his apology is his apology, but it felt like it got nothing more than a surface response on any of this. And obviously, he's the man who wants Strahan to clearly stay on the show. Way too but long. only time will tell if there is any meaning behind his words. A, a surface response. You get the sense that Chris is sincere and educating himself. Oh, Look, what that conversation he had with Rachel Lindsay is a perfect encapsulation of why black people are so frustrated. And we have literally run out of, you know, what is that we're tired of having to be both the educator and also the solver and also the victim. So <laughs> I mean, she's wearing a lot of hats, Jamel Hill. Ah. I don't know what I don't know what to say. I mean, I'm not black, so I really can't I mean, can't speak it, on it. But I, it this just, to me is absolutely fucking crazy. It's the I mean, thing we've talked about before with all this stuff, dude. It's just topical solutions to real issues. You like, wouldn't find a black person who's not from a elite liberal college who would think that that's a big deal. Guaranteed. Like the the picture they showed of the party was all of them like standing together in those dresses. Like there was nothing else to it. If you just like walked up to someone and like, and, and, you know, anyone, whether they're black or white and said like, are you offended by this? Do you think you'd get one person that responds and says, yes. Only somebody trying to virtue signal. Right. What would they, it's just people in dresses. What would they say? Oh, like without them knowing it's like labeled as an antebellum party. Right. Because who oh, okay. labeled it yeah. an ante antebellum party? Well, I mean, I'm sure it was themed that way, but like from that we picture, we don't know like, that. Well, I, I guess we don't necessarily. They know They were wearing attire, right? That women wore back in that day yeah. and age. I mean, I would imagine, though, I we're mean, just not allowed to wear clothing was... that from from a certain era and time because I'm there sure was that, yeah. slavery. Well, I, all I'm saying is that I'm sure that there was. It was actually. I mean, those parties do happen. Like, I'm not saying that. I was thinking what you meant by just looking at that picture, would you be able to say like, this is like a specific theme party? And I would say no, because it looks like they're just wearing like sundresses. They're outside. But I mean, I'm sure that it was labeled that way. I, I don't, I've never been to a party like that. So I don't know for sure, but I mean, it, I don't think they just randomly said, Oh, that's an antebellum party. Cause it fits the narrative. I'm sure that there was, it was, I'm sure if you were at the party, I'm sure it looked like a themed party of some kind. I'm not saying there's fucking slaves walking around or people portrayed <laughs> as slaves. I'm just saying that, you know, those parties do happen. And I'm sure that I wouldn't be able to identify it. So but. the only things on Google with the words antebellum and party together are referring to the bachelor. There's nothing else oh, showing. That, that, that's like, a global story right now. No, I Googled specifically what is an antebellum party, and the only articles are about The Bachelor. There's nothing just saying exactly. the antebellum party is XYZ from like Wikipedia or something like that. Right, exactly. Well, I don't think that means they don't exist, though. That's all I'm saying. That there, I think uh, that my is point an is, yeah, we party. have no fucking idea what it was labeled as. I guess we don't. What, and what the, and what, 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 the, what the intent behind it was, like, what? It's just a dress. It's not. I mean, I mean, am I wrong here? Is there more meaning to 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 the, the dress than? No, no, I, I don't think it's the dress. I mean, you're right. I I can't say for certain that I've like dissected the whole story and and the and the origin of the photo. I'm just saying I don't think they're going off of just that 
one picture. I think there might've been other pictures and they're obviously choosing that one to focus on more so, but um, I mean, just wearing dresses tie. No, I would say you're not wrong there. I think that's just like normal warm weather attire for like a party like that outside. And, and if it's uh, an old South themed party where you wear, you know, uh, clothes that people wore back in the old South when it was warm out, like, why is that? I don't understand. I think whenever you throw the words old South, I mean, people just think, you know, pre pre oh, so Can we throw an old, an old North party and wear what people used to wear up in the old North? Do you want it? I'll go to an old North party. I mean, yeah, it's I, careful it's just... boys. Careful. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe you can tell me if I'm fucking crossing a line, but I, I I'm, I'm struggling. I'm struggling to see how even, you know, uh, an African-American could be offended by someone. I would say based on that picture alone, I, I get what you're saying. Right, I don't know right. what other pictures are out there. You're right. That picture alone, I don't see it. But there might be other stuff out there that but it, it, but I don't know. To, to reply against that, I would say if they were out there, we'd see them. This is the biggest story ever. Why would they focus on the least, uh, you know, the picture that's going to get him the yeah, least clicks. It's a good point. I haven't yeah, seen I guess... any other pic- any other damaging pictures. Jared, did you see anything when you were looking nope, up? No, literally ev- everything I could find, every single article. I even Googled why is an antebellum party racist? And it's, it's from Screen Rant, specifically calling out the Bachelor example. There's nothing. Everything else is about political parties in the antebellum South. So then, so then is our stance now that it was never an antebellum party or a theme party to begin with? Is that I'm, what we're I'm going wondering with? who who decided that that's? I how mean, they were I'm sure it was it. some type of theme party, but like I think they're making out to be a much bigger deal than it oh, was. Well, absolutely, they are. I'm just saying that it had to be some kind of theme that relates to the South. I I, I would imagine it's in some way, shape, or form that way. If it's you know, obviously, I think we can all agree, like you said, Jared, it's being blown completely out of proportion because of the the, the climate right now. But and I have a feeling it was some kind of theme party that had to do with a, like a southern culture thing. That's that's all I'm saying. Sure. And I think the why Chris Harrison is in the right is he's not like I was going farther than Chris Harrison saying, you know, can we not wear clothes anymore? certain clothes that people used to wear in certain periods of time in history because the certain period of time in history was, you know, racist. Um, and Chris Harrison didn't even go that far. I mean, I guess he said like, is it bad in 2018 or is it, you know, or is it yeah. good in 2018? If he had elaborated a little more, I don't think it would have made that much of a difference. All, all like, he was saying is, vague. look, look, is this, I, I don't, he's saying, I don't think this is enough that, that we need to like eliminate her from the show and ruin her life. Yeah, I think that's. I think that was his major point. It's like, how how are you going to argue against that? Anyway, I got to make one more comment. Like, can we all acknowledge that these people on the moral high horse are ignoring the fact that the show The Bachelor is about somebody coming in and fucking twenty strangers in one house (laughs) with like no serious relationship, and is using these people as sex symbols to sell ratings, like? Can we acknowledge that as we're on our moral high horse or no, that's not allowed. <laughs> well, eventually they'll come to it. I mean, yeah. One, one day the bachelor that's on the will back be, burner. yeah. What do you guys I, think the demographics of the, uh, of the next season are going to be? 
heavily leaning towards transgendered fluid. <laughs> You're going to have chicks with dicks and fucking walking sticks. Who knows? <laughs> All right. How do, how do we, how do we move on from this subject? Uh, where do we go from here? Um, <laughs> Oh, do uh, what do you, in, what I do? Wow. When do you guys, how long do you guys think Cuomo lasts? Did you hear he said he, to, he told everyone there's no way I'm resigning? Yeah, I saw that. If he, now people are calling for him to resign finally. You think yeah, I don't think happens? he resigns, dude. I don't think he resigns. No. Well, what uh, is so his, do you, what do you is think he gets, how can he get voted? Like, what's a recall? Isn't that what they're trying to do to Gavin Newsom? Yeah, but I don't know how much teeth those have because Gavin Newsom's already got almost 2 million votes and like I don't even know if that shit's going to work. So he can just basically say fuck off. Like I'm not, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. Like, how, how does he not get in like legal trouble over what he did? Like it's it's clear as the fucking sun that it was a cover up. I don't know the law. He'd have to be like literally arrested. It'd be like Nick Kettle. Nick Kettle refused to resign when he like diddled that intern and fucked somebody else. <laughs> Until he literally was dr- dragged off to jail, then he lost his job because he was in jail. Dude, do you guys think that his book will get taken down from like major? Definitely you know, not. Book? No. Yeah, I'm looking nah, right now. Man. It's on here. He, he, he still has everybody in his corner right now. L- listen, he, yeah, he's listen, not, he's not. Listen to this. This is fucking Pod Save America, and, and this is this is how they tackle this subject. That undercounted the number of COVID-related nursing home deaths by as much as fifty percent. This comes on top of the criticism Cuomo has received for a March Health Department directive that said nursing homes couldn't refuse to admit a resident who came back from a hospitalization and had still tested positive for COVID-19. Love it. What is the Cuomo administration's side of the story here? Uh, and how well do you think it holds up? Well, there's seems like their defense is twofold. On the communications front, they're saying they never they never failed to communicate any deaths, but that they were just referring to people who died in hospitals versus people who died in nursing homes, and that they were worried about Trump misinformation, misusing their data. Um, And then on the actual outcomes of this, uh, in terms of the uh, nursing home deaths that took place in New York, I, I don't know what their explanation is other than they were moving quickly to make a bunch of very difficult decisions in a unprecedented pandemic. Yeah, I mean, Tommy, it seems like, you know, what the Cuomo administration says, okay, well, on the decision to, um, you know, tell nursing homes that they have to admit patients, even if they're COVID positive, back from the hospital, they say, okay, well, that was the CDC guidance at the time. Other states like Florida did it as well. Um, You know, you could argue about the merits of that decision, but it does seem like withholding data about um, nursing home deaths and then trying to not count them as deaths just because um, the person died in the hospital even though they were originated at a nursing home. (laughs) So you don't count it as a nursing home death just because the the place that the person actually died was in the hospital and not the nursing home. Uh, Seems pretty, pretty bad to withhold that data. Yeah, I mean, this is, this does seem very bad. So what, what, you know, in terms of disclosing the data to the legislature, this Cuomo aide who who was recorded on a conference call talking about this issue said 
that basically they got an inquiry from the legislature uh, about nursing home data, and then they got one from the Department of Justice, and they decided to prioritize responding to the inquiry from the Department of Justice first. And then they also argued that you know the data sets they had were inconsistent, they took a while to clean up, et cetera. I mean, I, I do think that like, any criticism of New York's handling of COVID does have to be viewed in the context of them getting hit first, getting hit the hardest, like, you know, it laid bare just how unprepared the entire country was. Why are they defending this guy? I, I, I don't <laughs> fucking know, dude, because he's a Democrat. This is why I, lo- I, I fucking hate listening to this podcast, because these guys are such fucking clowns, dude. They, they they're will... they're equivalent to Rush Limbaugh, just on the Democratic side. Yeah, I mean, could they have tiptoed around trying to say how fucking abhorrent and terrible this conspiracy is, or it's not a conspiracy, it, the the cover up that's come to light is? I mean, they they could barely say. I mean, they're like, that seems pretty yeah, it's bad, bad, right? Yeah, it does seem bad, but you know, here's their defense. So I want you to know that. It's almost like they were just kind of reading off. It's like, all right, we have to kind of talk about this, so we will. And we're just going to throw in like this this very lame defense yeah. attempt, and that way they can just say they covered it. Fuck. I would love to hear what they said back in the Brett Kavanaugh days. We should find that as homework oh. for next week. Oh, my God. Dude. I'm they probably sure it's had quite different. Ten episodes on Brett Kavanaugh, I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like the, the, the whole hypocrisy over that in terms of the sexual assault allegations is hilarious. I think I sent you guys that joke, that tweet that was like the two different headlines. Yeah, and it was basically yeah, like, you yeah. Know, about due process. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, yeah. So to answer Adam's question, uh, Andrew Cuomo's book has basically stopped selling because mm-hmm. uh, no one fucking wants to buy it anymore. Um, and my man, Zed Jelani, uh, who's always on Rising. I follow him on Twitter. and uh, He's one weird dude, man. Him and his super pink fucking, fucking headphones. Super fucking weird, dude. But mad smart, and I think he's like, he's like always kind of nails it, in my opinion. Yeah, totally. Um, he, he tweets, he's like, Andrew Cuomo's book has uh, basically stopped selling because customers don't want it anymore. The, co- uh, the company didn't have to pull the book and make that choice for consumers. They made, The consumers made it themselves. Many of these decisions are made by corporate oligarchs, not by the quote market. Corporate oligarchs. It's nice when the consumers can decide what books we don't want to read as opposed to these big corporations. Yeah. What do you think about that, Jared? <laughs> about uh, what Amazon's doing with, uh, we had, we had actually played her, uh, she was on Rogan, Abigail Schreier. Yeah. Um, you know, in that book. So they had taken that off and then they took off, uh, another book. Uh, Ryan Anderson was the author. It was uh, When Harry Became Sally, Responding to the Transgender Moment. Vanished. Both books are taken off Amazon. Off, yep. yeah. Ridiculous, dude. And you know what's uh, currently going through the, you know, the bill becoming a law process right now is the, uh, the Equality Act, which something we've already covered, maybe not with that exact name, which will allow men to pretty easily just say that they're a woman. Like there, there's no, like they're like that. They, they can just, um, what the hell am I saying? Identify. Identify. Yeah, thank you. They pretty much identify. And then, you know, all, all the things that we were talking about, 
them like like with uh, high school boys like joining the the girls basketball team or you know uh uh, men joining the the women's track team like that can happen w- without any vetting or, or or any sort of process it's ridiculous so it's very um so what do i think about this yeah. i think it's fucking bullshit the fact that these books are taken off so people can't even buy them exactly i'm okay with maybe putting a little warning like social media does of this topic may be PG 13 or maybe super yeah, but they would, that, controversial or they wouldn't do that for a book that supports like having your child go through a transition at the age of no. five years so, old. So somebody could write a book saying every girl who has depression in high school should explore being transgendered and uh, hormones. And that book would not be taken down. Be a bestseller. It'd be, it'd be promoted. Yeah, I mean, this is um, this is actually a, a good clip. I mean, look, it, it gets you know labeled as you know bigoted and everything, um, but if, did you guys see? I'm trying to find um, video of it. Rand Paul going off about the Equality Act. No, he goes um, off about a lot of things. It it was good. And the uh what the fuck is it? Dude, maybe Twitter deleted it. <laughs> Wouldn't shock me. Kind of goes with the theme of today. No, I think I'll I think I got it here. Genital mutilation has been nearly universally condemned. Genital yeah, see, this is like a five-minute clip. I don't know where the fuck it is. Anyway, he goes off, and I'm not going to try to look for it. Because um, it's not, like, this is this is the thing. It's like, it's not, uh, especially, I would think, for a majority of Americans, it's not just a cut-and-dry black-and-white issue. Certainly not. Right? But it's a discussion. Yeah, and there is no discussion. It's just banning. Yeah, I was saying, like, you, you were not allowed to see the alternative view. And Amazon's not like companies like Amazon are not letting people see that alternative view. This was, this was good. So Tom Cotton was talking about, you know, that, that this is like an antitrust deal because of how fucking huge Amazon is. It's kind of true. Do an industry like books? Forcers yeah. like Amazon don't face some consequences for their actions. Amazon, for instance, makes billions of dollars a year, each year, hosting websites and storing data for their government. Almost all of Amazon's profit is made in these enterprise services, not in its consumer-facing retail business. And those are our tax dollars flowing to a company that uses its power to censor the beliefs of a large majority of Americans. Perhaps it's time for lawmakers to reconsider whether these contracts are in the best interests of our country. You know, I'd also note that Amazon is the country's largest bookseller, selling three out of every four books Ebooks in America. Maybe it's time for lawmakers to evaluate whether Amazon's practices are consistent with our antitrust laws, or whether our antitrust laws need to be updated to address this type of behavior from a mon- monopolistic firm. Do you agree? Totally. I don't know enough about antitrust, know whether it's actually antitrust, but it's an issue that needs to be discussed and addressed. Yeah, I mean, they Maybe sell 80% of books in America. 
not yeah. to mention like everything else that imaginable. And, and, you know, people will use the argument that, well, Amazon's a private company. They can do whatever they want. All Just right. like all, all of a sudden it's, it, it, it's like, it's flipped the script. All right. of a sudden Everything's it's the script, dude. Everything. Yeah. All of a sudden it's, you know, uh, resistance libs saying like, you know, this is freedom free of speech and free market. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's like, wait, what? Yeah. Like it, it begs the question, like, should, should a company as large and as monopolistic as, as Amazon be able to operate under the same rules as like a, a grocery store, which can choose to have certain products and not have certain products. Like, should they be able to just escape by and just say, Oh, well, you know, we can do whatever we want. And I guess, I guess the answer is they, they're, they're going to be able to do that regardless of what we say, but it seems that they should, that certain restrictions should be put on, you know, what Amazon can and cannot do because of how massive they are. Yeah. I've got uh, <laughs> I could, couldn't agree more. I've got I found the Rand Paul thing that I want to do um show you guys. So this is uh Dr. Rachel Levine is um Secretary of Health and Human Services. She is a uh she's a transgendered uh woman herself. Okay. Let it go into the record that the witness refused to answer the question. So this came up I think like uh two weeks ago or so when they were holding the hearings for this Equality Act that Adam was talking about. The question is a very specific one. Should minors be making these momentous decisions? For most of the history of medicine, we wouldn't let you have a cut sewn up in the ER, but you're willing to let a minor take things that prevent their puberty and you think they get that back? You give a woman testosterone enough that she grows a beard, you think she's gonna go back looking like a woman when you stop the testosterone? You have permanently changed them. Infertility is another problem. None of these drugs have been approved for this. They're all being used off-label. I find it ironic that the left that went nuts over hydroxychloroquine being used possibly for COVID are not alarmed that these hormones are being used off-label. There's no long-term studies. We don't know what happens to them. We do know that there are Dozens and dozens of people have been through this who, who regret that this happened and a permanent change happened to them. And, you know, if you've ever been around children, 14-year-olds can't make this decision. In the gender dysphoria clinic in England, 10% of the kids are between the ages of 3 and 10. We should be outraged that someone's talking to a 3-year-old about changing their sex. I can't wait for you if you can't Thank you so much. I mean, Rand, I, I mean, I agree with what Rand's saying, but it's, it's just so he, frustrating. We can't even he got chastised for saying that. Yeah, that, that's right. the frustrating part is we can't even have conversations about topics that genital mutilation be has been nearly universally condemned. <laughs> I didn't mean to play that. <laughs> um, all right. So what, what do we have to uh, finish the show here? So you get what? Stay woke in introspective moments? Yeah. Do you want to start, Mo? Yeah, sure. Um, so my introspective moment for this week is what are the things you miss the most or look back most fondly at of adolescence? So think like young child through high school. It's I'm, I'm happy to go first on this one. My answers weren't as deep as you'd think they're actually like just things that I genuinely really, really miss. Number one, 
just being able to eat whatever the hell I want with no repercussions and like never feeling like shit. Like I remember, dude, how many times you bad? I mean, we used to like ride our bike to Burger King or like walk to Burger King. Or like walk just, to like, Cumbies and shit. Yeah, yeah. Just like house like a Whopper and a fried chicken sandwich and just like feel a hundred percent or Taco Bell or crush Mountain Dews or whatever it may be. And just like, don't give a fuck. Always felt fine. Didn't get fat. Yeah, dude. It's like I, I there was a time yeah, period, dude. especially I think it was like my seat, mainly junior and senior year, pretty much when I was able to drive where like at least two or three times a week, I would leave whatever practice I was leaving with football, basketball, whatever. I'd stop at Cumbies. I get a big ass bag of Sour Patch Kids <laughs> and a liter <laughs> bottle of Mountain Dew. And I would house that on an almost nightly basis. During the week. <laughs> and I woke up. Per, I, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't really drink soda anymore. And yes, I do. I do like Sour Patch Kids still, but like I feel that stuff in the morning now. Whereas before it's I, totally, can, I can do that and then wake up, go to school, do, do our normal thing. And then I got a basketball game that night or a volleyball game that night. And it didn't yeah. affect me at all. So I totally agree. I mean, we could that. eat like we could literally eat junk food or pizza or pasta for dinner every night. Grilled cheeses, like everything delicious. Steak and cheese subs. And just like never act to think about gaining weight. Yeah, totally. That, that's a that's a good one. I was so thinking you had multiple. Was, yeah. Yeah. The the other one I had is fucking school vacations, dude. What I would do to have summer breaks and school vacations again with like you nothing do to you do. fucking idiot. You have paid time off that you can take. <laughs> but that's not the same. You as can make your own entire, vacations. That's not the same as getting an entire summer off with like literally nothing to worry about, but just to have fun and play with your friends. Yeah. But Dude, that's, like, that that's was... like, that's like summer break school vacation is like April vacation, February. So, vacation. All right, so I was specifically referring to like more summer break then. Yeah. Vacation completely. from school. Like dude, summer break was magical, man. For the June through August, just like bike rides. Especially like when, once we got cream. our licenses. Oh, absolutely. Oh, it was epic, dude. It was epic. Like, like what the I would only... do now to have Sorry, that, you go like how awesome would it be if we literally got to shut down for july and august all adults all of our pay continued and we were just all free to do whatever the hell we wanted for two months where do we like get our food or essential workers have to keep working (laughs) 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 wow it's it definitely privilege big, yeah. big capitalist guy over there. Yeah, all my underlings. You guys keep going. While <laughs> yeah. I just gallivant. No, no, for no, two no, months. no, 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 no. What are you? Where are you guys going? Uh, Universal summer break is for uh, me. <laughs> Somebody who really needs time off. Yeah, and like, I, and to to your point, Mo. Like, like when school would end, when it was like June, whatever, like seventeenth, eighteenth, depending on snow dude. days. Like there was that feeling like, oh my God, the only thing I have on my actual like mental calendar is like, oh, the next school year starts two and a half months from now. So August 31st or whatever is marked on the calendar in like in your mind. Like I have until then I have 10 fucking weeks to do whatever the fuck I want. With zero responsibility, zero responsibility at all. That actually, I don't know if you had that actually brought me into what I was going to say. No, those are my two. All right. Well, speaking of that was the, I guess, yeah, I guess it would be responsibility because 
it was so responsibilities one, like, you know, we, we can just go about going to school. And I think, you know, the three of us had, you know, a pretty good high school experience in general. I think, you know, we, we had, you know, a good amount of friends. We're all part of the part of the same friend group. We played sports and like, there really wasn't anything. Now you think about it now, not that, not to say school is, isn't significant because it obviously is in a lot of ways, but like in general, like worrying about like writing a paper or like finishing math problems was like, that was, those are our worries. Yeah. Just doing uh, homework. We, that, we usually, you know, I, I mean, I, I don't remember doing fucking any homework. <laughs> well, well uh, I, I was doing yeah, homework. I never, and, I never got great grades. I, I got enough to pass in high school. But I don't think I like got honor roll and shit many most quarters. I think I finished with like a three two or something like that or a three three. And we had a weird GPA where it was like up to five, right? Or four seven or something like that in high school. I think like oh, Aaron, oh, so Aaron maybe Wheeler three two was... was like my college one and three seven was my high school one. I was like moderate, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah we 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 were like Aaron Wheeler who had the like he was he was like top five in the class and but couldn't fuck and read a chapter book. <laughs> yeah, so I would say the responsibility factor, like like what we categorized as responsibility then is just kind of laughable now. Totally and laughable. And that's not, you know, that's not anything new. I mean, you grow up more When we have kids, we're going to say, wow, man, we thought our responsibility back then was a big deal. Yeah, and... Man, now it's real, really dude. bad. Yeah. And I guess... This is kind of a de- not a depressing one. I mean, maybe it comes off as depressing, but like when you're younger, like you're, you're always told that like you can do whatever you want, and it, it really makes it seem that like that stuff is not only possible, but like it just like if I just like go to school and do this and do that, I'll be fine. Adam then, thought he was going to the NBA. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I mean, anything that, that's, is possible. Yeah, exactly. I mean, anything is definitely not possible. And I think that that's, that's what people feed our students. I can happily say I definitely don't say anything is possible. I say it in a much nicer way. But I guess just like thinking about it now, like in my current job, in all of our current jobs, we think of all the things that maybe we thought about doing when we were younger. And you think like there's no fucking chance I could have done half of those things I thought I was going to do. Um, yeah, I, I disagree. I do think that anything is possible but everything has pros and cons that's what the conversation should be for kids and adolescents you, you, you can, can do this you can play in the nba anything that's not based on genetic well dude that but that, that's my <laughs> point we're, we're, i'm not talking about now i'm talking about like things that kids like unrealistic expectations and dreams that we had as kids like literally like be a professional athlete sure yeah but dude like well, if, yeah. You, if you if ask you, if most you thought, Middle school boys, like you say, hey, what do you want to do? Most of them will write down, I want to be a professional athlete. I know it's laughable, but at a thir- at 12 or 13, it's not laughable. Well, maybe, maybe I was, are... wasn't athletic, so I never, ever thought I had a chance of being a professional athlete. Yeah, but I, I know what you're saying. Yes, anything is possible, but there, like you said, pros and cons. There's a tougher road for most professions. So, yeah, I mean, it is possible, but... Is it realistic? I mean, I, I guess is what I would say is like how many how how many things I thought were realistic when I was younger, I see now are very far from that or just extremely hard to attain. But like what? Sir, I mean, I don't know. There, there there was a time when I wanted to be like some kind of doctor, 
And I think like, I can't fucking imagine going through like 10 years of schooling after college and being able to like deal with the, the day in and day out of that profession. Like, I think that like, that takes a yeah, special kind of person. It. Yeah, you definitely, I could do possible. it, but it's, but yeah, it is, it is possible, but it'd be fucking brutal. And I don't think I would enjoy it at all. And I guess when, like, when I think of like the realistic aspect, so of you it, miss thinking that like you could be a doctor. I just miss thinking that like, yeah, I, I could have shot a little the, the higher. World than, is than your I oyster. Did. Yeah, it was. And then, then you grow up and it's not and exactly ate your it. oyster. And then I just ate the oyster. I love oysters. Dude, we're young, man. You got to do some more fucking psychedelics. Remember, it's a big world out there. I'll do the psychedelics when, your... when you do psychedelics again. I, don't, I okay. mean, uh, you don't have to talk to me about opening my mind up. He'll do shrooms. Oh, that's right. He'll do shrooms. I was talking like a weed brownie or something, but yeah, you're not going to do that. that. <laughs> um, Erica, the other day, her, her friends, um, you guys might re- you guys might remember them. Uh, the couple. Um, it was Cortland. Remember we were hanging with Cortland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, his wife. Uh, they ha- had like a pot brownie or something like that, and they had to call nine one one. No. Yeah. Thankfully, I didn't get to that point. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's yeah, what I said is you would have well, if I wasn't there. Potentially, I would have. I certainly wouldn't have been able to call it. But yeah, I was. <laughs> I was moving toward. I was trending towards that direction for sure. Thank God I no didn't. Fucking joke. All right, Ty. What about you? Um, I can tell you thought about. Oh, it's three in the morning. What would you do for a Klondike bar? <laughs> Tyler's diverting attention from the question. <laughs> can you drive your parents? Drive me home. I'm like really scared. I think <laughs> no, that's what I miss. Sleepovers. Oh, just sleepovers. Okay. I mean, dude, sleepovers were a blast. Fucking epic. We had we like, had some fun sleepovers for sleep, sure. They, there was never actually sleep at sleepovers. That's what I mean. Like you yeah. were just up all fucking night, just like playing fucking video games. Wouldn't most of the time dickheads. wouldn't even drink. Like we didn't. Oh even no, eat. no. I'm no, 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 talking drunk. like yeah, sleepovers when you're like 14, 15, yeah. 16 years old. Pure adrenaline. Yeah. Eating like candy and chips all night, playing video yeah. games, like playing Halo till like three in the morning. Yeah, it was fucking awesome. Yeah, and they it got to awesome. a point. It got to a point where like my like my dad was like very against me doing sleepovers because I would come home and I would just fall asleep and it'd be like eleven o'clock in the morning and I'd just be taking a nap and he'd be like <laughs> trying to wake my lazy ass up. So he was starting to like catch on to the whole thing that like you know sleepovers. He was very against it. But I always wanted to do it, and he was always like scoffed at me, like a like a most scoff if I even hinted at sleepovers. I still was able to go, but he was very now it's Mo it. begging for sleepovers. Oh, Mo I loves love a sleepovers. A good sleepover. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other thing I missed too is like I was thinking about it when I was trying to come up with what I was going to say. Um, it's like just like fucking neighborhood friends like when you were really young and like yeah i was yeah. I like every fucking day you just like walk outside and everyone would just congregate and it's like all right let's go 3v3 like baseball like football basketball yeah. and just fucking it was so much easier to just like have a social gathering out of the blue you literally could just go knock on somebody's door Can that's what happened play yeah yeah and do, do you know what's replaced that though hey you, you 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 getting on war zone later i'll be on at four yeah they got a snapchat 
It yeah, says, you're right. <laughs> it's replaced. It's replaced like you know neighborhood bike rides and um, you know going on the all trails. My cousins live for Fortnite. They just play yeah. all day every day. That's like the new recreational activity. Kind of sad. Is, it is. It is. You know, half the kids that I'm glad we had the childhood like, we did. Oh yeah, totally. Our, our childhood was like the beginning of dial-up internet. So like we we got to live a pretty good childhood before high-speed internet was really a thing. Yeah, we yeah. didn't have as many distractions. Like, did you guys? You probably had one computer in your household for most of your childhood too, right? Yeah, like uh, the one family PC. Yeah, early on, definitely. Yeah, I yeah. didn't. I didn't have like Facebook, MySpace, IM. Like, I didn't have any of that. So like, I, I had you know. IM in MySpace once I was maybe high school or maybe middle school. Yeah, I didn't probably have any school. of that. And you couldn't like call, like call someone on the phone, right? I didn't get a phone until freshman year. Yeah, well, I just meant like while you're on the internet, like, oh, like, yeah. like with yeah. dial and everything. I'm talking about that, but yeah, the other stuff too. And like, if you called somebody, like if you know you like you're a girlfriend at the time, you'd have to call like after nine or whatever because of like billing and stuff. Like, I don't uh, remember that. Well, with the cell phones, you had to. At least that was my plan. <laughs> Literally after nine o'clock, it was like, all right, after nine o'clock, the, those like certain calls are or like, remember, because you had minutes, right? I remember minutes. Yeah, yeah. You had to worry about your minutes. And like, there were some plans where like, if you at calls after nine, don't impact your minutes. So like that was, <laughs> I was just happened. dialing everyone. Yeah, hey, I was calling hello? everybody. Hello. It, I, I do remember, yeah, minutes. And then even like texts for years, there wasn't unlimited yeah. text. No, right? yeah. And you got charged for like receiving texts. It was like too. ten cents to send one, five cents to receive one. <laughs> what a yeah. racket! And dude, like showing showing the student. Like I remember, I wasn't. It wasn't this year. It was a couple of years ago. But I, we got on the phone conversation. I was telling like guys, I I, I didn't have a phone till I was thirteen, and it was like an old T-Mobile Samsung phone and. Back then, you had to like, and I told them like how you used to text, and they're like, "What are you talking about?" So I had them take out because most of them have smartphones. Like, you see those letters underneath the numbers? Those actually mean something. And like, what do you mean? <laughs> and I had to like explain like if you wanted to say like, "Hey, what's up?" to somebody, you had to hit like this button once and this other button three times. And some and some of them were just floored. They're like, "Oh my god!" Like they they couldn't even. That's the one that. thing they're gonna take away this year from <laughs> history one hundred and one with Adam. So is the way kids these days <laughs> you don't realize how how easy texting is. Ma, how ma. life is. Look at this. Hey, hey, Billy, what'd you learn in civics? Well, I learned that texting is a lot different these days. Can't say much for civics, but here, come here, mom. I bet you never noticed this. See these numbers? <laughs> Look below them. What do you see? <laughs> Those mean something, by the way. <laughs> I bet you if you would play the noise that it used to do when you would get on your dial-up internet that the yep. people would have no idea what that even is yeah dude i'll i'll name like actors and actresses like people like will ferrell or i don't know adam sandler they have no idea what i'm talking about i've, I've never felt i've never movies. felt so old like teaching like the kids I have now. Cause like I'll make all these references and they have no clue what I'm talking about. Imagine never Step brothers, you serious guys. Come on. <laughs> Come on. It's a great happy Gilmore. Come on, man. They have no idea. Adam's favorite record. My what? Boats and hose. That was your favorite boats and hose. Didn't you? You, you, did uh, love that one. Didn't you make me a mixtape tie and it had 
it had that song. That was all it had on it. <laughs> I just made you a one song CD. It was like that. I remember like um, all the above was on there, like before it actually <laughs> like Mano or whatever the hell his name is. I forgot his give, name. Give us a little. Uh, I haven't heard of that song in a while. A little sample. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I just remember that. I don't remember the actual lyrics. I just remember all the yeah, above. Yeah, what's the chorus, like, though? Because you can. All the above, all the above, all the above. <laughs> <laughs> and then you hear in the back going, oh, every, every pause in, in the <laughs> lyrics. <laughs> I don't remember much else from it. Cruising in the Azuzu, baby. <laughs> all right, keep us oh, woke. Man. All right, stay woke. Here we go. All right, so um, not as long as past stay woke segments. A couple quick ones. Uh, first on the woke hot seat are those who label child sex abusers. Adam, look, he's falling asleep. Oh, geez. Right. I'm not falling asleep. You, 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 sh- you missed that, Adam. He just checked his watch, did a big sigh, and ran I his got my watch because I got a notification. <laughs> you can look at my notification on my thing. Is that a picture of a lady? Yeah, it was notification. They got a hinge match. That's oh, why I love. shit. How's she look? Hey, he doesn't look too bad. Can you guys Ber- see her? Bernie's fighting for you, uh, you daters out there. I can barely see her. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's cute. There you go. Looks like she's at an Annabelle Huge party. Nose. I think her <laughs> nose goes from top of her forehead to her chin. <laughs> it doesn't look that big on an Apple Watch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. Hot seat is occupied by those who label child sex abusers. Now, let me explain. So um, reporters in Tasmania, very specific, um, were told not to call child sex abusers pedophiles. Uh, when referring to pedof- when referring to child sex abusers, because they stated not all pedophiles abuse children. So you, you got to stick up for the, uh, creeps out there who uh what was their rationale that some pedophiles don't um so the so this thing called sas i guess it's the sexual assault support service says that another consideration is from their viewpoint or sorry from their point of view that there are a lot of pedophiles people with pedophilia who do not act on those impulses especially if they reach out for and receive professional psychological help and by labeling them as pedophiles it means that they're less reluctant that they're more reluctant to reach help or or reach someone who can help them, which means that they will then indulge on their impulses. So this organization SAS SAS, what is it again? What does it stand for? Sexual assault support service. You would think that would be for people who are getting sexually assaulted, but not people who want to sexually (laughs) but they're advocating for better treatment of people who would like to but have yet to sexually assault minors that is correct nice yes yeah it's kind of fucked up yeah all right next in the hot seat is male babysitters like why does nobody go after that like why i mean crazy harrison we got chris harrison to cancel man priorities (laughs) (laughs) all right so this was uh, tweeted out titled, can you make a male babysitter pay child support? 
So listen to this uh, single mother's rationale. I'm a single mom going to college with my sister. We currently rent an apartment together. A couple of weeks ago, I asked my neighbor, a trustworthy guy, if he could watch the kids for two hours while I went to class and my sister wasn't home. And he agreed. If he babysits and doesn't accept pay, can I sue him for child support because he took on a fatherly role? I'm sure I can convince a court that he accepted a fatherly role. I don't know how legitimate some of this stuff is, but that's just like, <laughs> it's just some bad shit, crazy single mom. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure there's some crazy ass. Fucking I'm sure there are. There. I mean, some of this shit is just, is too crazy to believe sometimes. But then again, we live in crazy times. So how would you guys crazy feel about times. having to pay child crazy support times, for the rest dude. of your life? What was that? Child support? How would you feel if you had to pay child support the rest of your life? You had to pay a thousand dollars a kid per month. Oh God. Sounds awful. Is there any way around that? I guess not, right? Nope. No. You're fucked. And sometimes you get fucked so bad you pay alimony. Which yes. Means your wife is so fucked up, you got to pay her in spite of the kids. <laughs> so even when the kids are 18, you're still paying your wife. That's wild. All right. Uh, next on the hot seat are wow. toy stores and department oh, stores in general. Store. So there's a, bi- there's a California bill that's being looked at right now that would eliminate boys and girls toy sections in, you know, regular toy stores in California, as well as clothing sections and labeling them as undivided. So you walk into like a Kohl's or uh, you know, whatever, and there's no longer like, like the clearly, like the clearly visible pictures of men and like the, in like certain outfits on one side and woman on the other, it's all just going to be mixed and it's going to be labeled as, undivided so as Can to you not imagine having to look through fucking a woman's clothes mixed with your clothes and like the size medium shirt fucking i mean we should dress. imagine it it's good uh, you know maybe it won't be that but it'll be something similar where i'm sure they can't say men's or they can't say women's right it's gonna be like michael scott buying the woman's suit by accident with the shoulder pads <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> All right, uh, two more. Uh, so next in the hot seat is gen- gender reveal parties. So oh, good. Um, this one I when, can get fucking behind. Well, when's yeah. the last time you guys heard of Demi Lovato? I yeah, feel she's like... in the news every other week for something. She's fucking tapped. Yeah, so <laughs> the, the, she's fucking tapped. <laughs> he really doesn't. He really doesn't hold back on what he thinks of people. Just <laughs> you think about her. When's the last time you heard her? Uh, every week she I, is dude. tapped out of her mind. She's I mean, so on, like, this woman is insane. <laughs> I've never heard of her until just, I mean, I've heard of her, but not like any time recently. What is she talking about half the time? She, usually it's about her drug problems. Oh, all right. Well, she's taking a break from that right now. So I guess she shared a post about, um, condemning gender reveal parties as being transphobic. <laughs> So here's the rationale oh, I did, from did I, I did hear about this. Yeah. So th- this is a post. I don't think these are her words, but they're just attributing it to her. But it says, quote, we condemn gender reveals not because of our identity, but because of reality. Gender reveals are based on the illusion that genitals equals gender and that there are only two options, boy or girl. This definition erases the fact that there are boys with vaginas and girls with penises and that there are people who neither are neither boys nor girls. The idea that sex is based on genitalia is inconsistent with science. So, so how is that inconsistent with, with science? That's a great question. Have you fucked a, a boy with a vagina? 
Does that make you gay? Technically, no, right? But it's a according, boy. According to this lady, or whoever it is, I, I, I shouldn't say lady. I don't know. Someone who's we'll never, obviously we'll never in support. Know. Guess we'll hear right, this person, this a baby, a, a he, yeah, him, or babies. a she, her. That's what I you mean, start calling gender reveals, babies. Babies. Baby parties. Like, and this is... Uh, we can't have conversations anymore if people are going this far. No. Like, no, that's dude. so irrational like, and get insane. Me get, a, get a life. Get a life. Why are you talking about this? <laughs> there were tens of millions of dollars. I mean, it would be one thing if, like, we announced their birth when they were 18 years old and you had to announce it when they were 18 years old as them either being a boy or, or, or a girl. Like, okay. At that point, sure, yeah, they can make up their mind and they can be whatever they want. Right. We're talking like when, about the literal sex of a child that's going to be born. Male, the, female. There are, the, are only two. That's yeah. scientific. There, there are more than one, there are more than two genders. Yes. Two sexes. If you want to call it a sex reveal so... party, sure. Well, yeah, so I guess the argument here is genitals equals gender. So that that's that's what they're saying is is like the is what they're going against. So again, yeah, like we always try to frame, yeah. like imagine being the person that wakes up and, and that. is genuinely concerned about there being gender reveal parties. Not because they're stupid, in my opinion. I'm all for fucking canceling them. Yeah, I'm, I don't think any. But, or I shouldn't say anyone, but I think most people would agree with you. Yeah, but you know, I, I'm not going to say that it's transphobic. No, it's a lot of things. I I wouldn't I wouldn't go with transphobic. Um, Jesus. All right, last but certainly not least, probably our biggest, most you know, valuable me- uh, member of the Wokatsi Club is Burger King. Ooh, I Ooh. love this one, dude. Burger King. So. Uh, for those of us who weren't aware, yesterday was International Women's Day. I think this is International Women's Month now. Um, yes, Queen. And yes, yes. Um, and Burger King, the UK account at least, they have, they have a Twitter account. And they wanted to, you know, jump on the, the bandwagon and show some support for women everywhere. So they tweeted out <laughs> exactly what they tweeted out. <laughs> women belong in the kitchen. <laughs> and people... <laughs> lost their fucking minds now i have to say i kind of get like why people were a little upset about this because well were there tweets in secession that gave it context so I, that i i mean I, there may have been i have no idea but I oh, there are follow-up <laughs> tweets but i don't know if they were tweeted immediately or they were tweeted to clarify after i think yeah I, so i there were tweets that were used to clarify afterwards what they meant by it so uh, one of them is, we hear you. We got our initial tweet wrong, and we're sorry. Our aim was to draw attention to the fact that only 20% of professional chefs in the UK kitchens are women, and to help change that by awarding culinary scholarships. We will do better next time. Yeah, well, next time, probably just say that Burger King instead of saying they belong in the kitchen. That's what I mean. Like, I don't, zero context. I can't really, I can't really defend BK. Like, did, dude, like, they wanted us think? to infer that they were talking about culinary scholarships. Mm. Oh, you know what they must mean? Is that two out of every 10 or eight out of every 10 uh, chefs are men in the UK. 
that's what they meant. So imagine yeah, that, like the guy that tweeted that and then went to bed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Wake up well the next done. morning. Woman what the law. fuck happened? <laughs> so I don't think Burger King's been canceled yet. I think it'd be very hard to cancel a fast food chain as successful as BK. But as of right now, uh, McDonald's certainly. Personally, so I mean, them. if I had to get rid of BK is trash. Sorry, right. I think part. I think I wouldn't. I mean, it's all trash, Jared. It's, it's, I'd rather it's have the it. worst of the big fast food burger places. Definitely, so I actually like, I like it better than Wendy's. I don't. I like Wendy's better. See, yeah, I, I like, like BK's better. fries better than Wendy's oh, fries. Yeah, BK's, BK's fries are bomb, dude. Oh, see, but dude, like, <laughs> wait, who, are you they're saying like McDonald's fake, fries are bomb. better, Jared? Um, I, I would say Wendy's and BK fries are definitely better than McDonald's fries. Wendy's always are soggy. That's yeah, what I mean. Wendy's I feel like McDonald's sometimes. too. They're like, B- they're like BK's tiny. aren't just like, they're not potatoes. I right. don't know what they are. I don't, I'm not don't sure what they are shit. either. <laughs> I don't know what they are, but they taste fucking good. That Space sticks. That and their chicken fries. Yeah. I'm just getting Googling what chicken fries are BK's <laughs> fries made of. When did I get a BK? Maybe like four or five months ago. Cause there's, there's one near my apartment in Somerville. And I was like, fuck it. I'm getting like a Whopper junior. It was fucking terrible. It was so much worse than like a junior bacon cheeseburger. I think, I don't know if they still have it, but there was like a deal. It's like, it's like a two for six menu and you can have like two Whoppers, two chicken sandwiches, two of something else or like a combination of any of those. So <laughs> I've had, I had a few moments where I would get the two Whoppers and house them in a, oh, dude, in there's a nothing city. better than like having a few drinks coming back and some fast food, just mowing. Yes. Oh baby. I want some BK now. Ooh. All right. So here's the list of ingredients, like 14 ingredients for Burger King's fries. There are potatoes in them. Already a, a, a red or a red alert, bad sign when there are 14 ingredients to make fucking French fries. Let me count them. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Jesus thirteen Can you pronounce of, all of them? Of, yeah, but none of them are like normal foods <laughs> other than potatoes. So potatoes. Soybean oil, canola oil, palm oil, modified potato starch, rice flour, potato dextrin, salt, <laughs> leavening, the sodium dihydrogen, pyrophosphate, <laughs> sodium biocarbonate. It gives it a nice crisp. Dextrose, xanthan gun, gum, and sodium acid pyrophosphate. Pyrophosphate is good, though. Oh, my God. Well, I don't even know what that is. Pyro- no, I don't fucking know what that is. I wonder if my it COVID is. vaccine will uh, protect me from that because that, oh, yeah. How was that, that sounds as dangerous as COVID. Um, it's it's good. I mean, my arm's a little sore still, but that's about it. I, I felt a little loopy yesterday at work, um, like achy, like as if I actually had like flu-like symptoms, which I guess that's expected. But overall, it's fine. When do you get the second? Well, it's the Johnson & Johnson, so one dose, baby. Ooh, nice. Yeah, the one doser. Oh, that's fucking sweet. Yeah, so I'm I'm good. I'm all vaccinated. I'm gonna go lick someone now. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, I think I'm oh, making some uh, changes to the pod. I want to scrap the intro. I want it to be shorter. What, what? Scrap the intro song. Intro song, yeah. How long is the intro song? I forgot about our song. <laughs> like thirty seconds. 
I miss Pusha I Man. I don't think that 30 seconds is going to make a difference at how long. No, I'm not I'm doing it for length. You said make it shorter. Yeah, I just... For the listening experience, I don't think you need to listen to 30 seconds of music. That's fair. Make it a little five-second abbreviated version. Do you know the song at the end of the show? No. Dude, I haven't listened to an episode in a long time. I think I'm going to bring it to the front. There you okay. go. Love it. I miss Pusha Man. I know we can't legally have it on there, but I don't I think they really could, care. Like, I wonder if we could legally like play it in the middle of the uh, show because that would be a good theme for interst- introspective moments. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Oh <laughs> He's headed to God. bed. <laughs> He's, he, he loves those AirPods because he can do the, the end of the interview in bed. Uh, myself in as we speak. All right. Tuck him in, Adam. I love you guys.